0: Ingersoll on the Holy Bible, from the works of Robert G. Ingersoll, Volume Three, Lectures About the Holy Bible. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Scarbo. About the Holy Bible, Section Eleven, Inspiration. Not before about the third century was it claimed or believed that the books composing the New Testament were inspired. It will be remembered that there were a great number of gospels, epistles, and acts, and that from these the inspired ones were selected by uninspired men. Between the fathers there were great differences of opinion as to which books were inspired, much discussion and plenty of hatred many of the books now deemed spurious were by many of the fathers regarded as divine and some now regarded as inspired were believed to be spurious many of the early christians and some of the fathers repudiated the gospel of john the epistle to the hebrews jude james peter and the revelation of st john on the other hand many of them regarded the gospel of the hebrews of the egyptians the preaching of peter the shepherd of hermas the epistle of barnabas the pastor of hermas the Revelation of Peter, the Revelation of Paul, the Epistle of Clement, the Gospel of Nicodemus, inspired books, equal to the very best. From all these books, and many others, the Christians selected the inspired ones. The men who did the selecting were ignorant and superstitious. They were firm believers in the miraculous. They thought that diseases had been cured by the aprons and handkerchiefs of the apostles, by the bones of the dead. They believed in the fable of the phoenix, and that the hyenas changed their sex every year. Were the men who through many centuries made the selections inspired? Were they ignorant, credulous, stupid, and malicious? As well qualified to judge of inspiration as the students of our time? How are we bound by their opinion? Have we not the right to judge for ourselves? Erasmus, one of the leaders of the Reformation, declared that the epistle to the Hebrews was not written by Paul, and he denied the inspiration of 2nd and 3rd John, and also of Revelation. Luther was of the same opinion. He declared James to be an epistle of straw, and denied the inspiration of Revelation. Zwinglius rejected the book of Revelation, and even Calvin denied that Paul was the author of Hebrews. The truth is that the Protestants did not agree as to what books are inspired until 1647 by the Assembly of Westminster. To prove that a book is inspired, you must prove the existence of God. You must also prove that this God thinks, acts, has objects, ends, and aims. This is somewhat difficult. It is impossible to conceive of an infinite being. Having no conception of an infinite being, it is impossible to tell whether all the facts we know tend to prove or disprove the existence of such a being. God is a guess. If the existence of God is admitted, how are we to prove that he inspired the writers of the books of the Bible? How can one man establish the inspiration of another? How can an inspired man prove that he is inspired? How can he know himself that he is inspired? There is no way to prove the fact of inspiration. The only evidence is the word of some man who could by no possibility know anything on the subject. What is inspiration? Did God use men as instruments? Did he cause them to write his thoughts? Did he take possession of their minds and destroy their wills? Were these writers only partly controlled so that their mistakes, their ignorance, and their prejudices were mingled with the wisdom of God? How are we to separate the mistakes of man from the thoughts of God? Can we do this without being inspired ourselves? If the original writers were inspired, the translators should have been, and so should be the men who tell us what the Bible means. How is it possible for a human being to know that he is inspired by an infinite being? But of one thing we may be certain, an inspired book should certainly excel all the books produced by uninspired men. It should, above all, be true, filled with wisdom, blossoming in beauty, perfect. Ministers wonder how I can be wicked enough to attack the Bible. I will tell them. This book, the Bible, has persecuted, even unto death, the wisest and the best. This book stayed and stopped the onward movement of the human race. This book poisoned the fountains of learning and misdirected the energies of man. This book is the enemy of freedom, the support of slavery. This book sowed the seeds of hatred in families and nations, fed the flames of war, and impoverished the world. This book is the breastwork of kings and tyrants, the enslaver of women and children. This book has corrupted parliaments and courts. This book has made colleges and universities the teachers of error and the haters of science. This book has filled Christendom with hateful, cruel, ignorant, and warring sects. This book taught men to kill their fellows for religion's sake. This book founded the Inquisition, invented the instruments of torture, built the dungeons in which the good and loving languished, forged the chains that rusted in their flesh, erected the scaffolds whereon they died. This book piled faggots about the feet of the just. This book drove reason from the minds of millions and filled the asylums with the insane. This book has caused fathers and mothers to shed the blood of their babes. This book was the auction block on which the slave mother stood when she was sold from her child. This book filled the sales of the slave trader and made merchandise of human flesh. This book lighted the fires that burned witches and wizards. This book filled the darkness with ghouls and ghosts, and the bodies of men and women with devils. This book polluted the souls of men with the infamous dogma of eternal pain. This book made credulity the greatest of virtues, and investigation the greatest of crimes. This book filled nations with hermits, monks, and nuns, with the pious and the useless. This book placed the ignorant and unclean saint above the philosopher and philanthropist. This book taught man to despise the joys of this life, that he might be happy in another, to waste this world for the sake of the next. I attack this book because it is the enemy of human liberty, the greatest obstruction across the highway of human progress. Let me ask the ministers one question. How can you be wicked enough to defend this book? End of section 11, Inspiration.